Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Philip Enriquez, for the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. And on this episode, my podcast partner in crime, Eric Hernandez, pitched me a, a pretty fucked up topic, to be perfectly honest with all you guys out there. Today, I am going to talk about my most painful memory in my sports fandom. That most painful moment in sports for me as a fan. And for that, I'm going to have to go way back to January 6th, 2007 for a Saturday night NFC wildcard game in Seattle, Washington. But if you're half as big of a Cowboys fan as I am, you already know. So let's take it back a bit and set up this heartbreaking tale. So going into the 2006 NFL season, the Dallas Cowboys had just come off two consecutive seasons where they had missed the playoffs. Bill Parcells is going into his fourth season as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. And Jerry Jones, man, he's at his wit's end. He's trying to get back in the playoffs. So what does Jerry do? He makes a couple of moves. First, he signs Mike Vanderjet, the kicker who once made 42 consecutive field goal attempts for the Indianapolis Colts. But he's better remembered for being that malcontent up in Indianapolis and also known for Peyton Manning calling him a quote-unquote idiot kicker so they signed Vanderjet to a three-year four and a half million dollar contract and then also Jerry signs wide receiver Terrell Owens to a three-year 25 million dollar deal Jerry Jones he was all in baby but even with Jerry Jones making all these moves the Cowboys started the season at just three and three and were not meeting the expectations of the ownership or the fans now this next piece of the story I remember it like it was yesterday. It must have been a Monday night football game because I was having a few beers down at Steven's Steakhouse in the City of Commerce with my boys Blue and Greg like we used to do just about every Monday night back then. And it was just before halftime and I remember buying my boy Blue a beer, trying to get get the waitress to come on over before halftime hit because they take their little breaks. And Drew Bledsoe throws a boneheaded pick on a risky pass into the flat straight to Sam Madison and basically just took points off the board and with the way that backup quarterback Tony Romo looked in the previous game in the mop-up duty against the Texans I knew Tony Romo would be handed the reins to the Cowboys offense and I remember my boy Greg it was during halftime and he was listening to what the announcers were talking about on the TV and he was like hey once you choose to go to Romo there ain't no going back to Bledsoe. Does Parcells basically have the balls to pull this off? And I was like, hey, I don't see any other way. I knew Romo was the man that was going to turn this ship around for the Dallas Cowboys in 2006. And yes, indeed, after halftime, the Cowboys had themselves a new starting quarterback. The next week, Romo scored 35 unanswered points against the Carolina Panthers in his first NFL start. And I'll never forget John Madden proclaiming Tony Romo, quote unquote, the real deal. Romo went 5-1 in his first six starts, and Romo-mentum was born. But not everything was all good in the hood. Down in Dallas, Mike Vanderjet turned out to be a complete disaster, and the Cowboys quickly turned to Martin Gramatica in the kicking game. And if I remember right, Gramatica hadn't kicked a field goal in years up until that point. And then T.O., after a slow start with Bledsoe at QB, really caught fire with Romo throwing him the rock later in the season. The Cowboys finished 9-7 and 
and found themselves on the road in the playoffs for the wild card weekend. But now it's time to get to the punch and talk about that fateful night on January 6th, 2007, that Saturday night NFC wild card game in Seattle. The Dallas Cowboys really broke my heart that night. I mean, in a lot of ways, I really haven't gotten over that moment. So let's get into it. The Cowboys were basically doing their thing. Cowboys seemed to be gaining momentum, going up a touchdown after turning a Matt Hasselbeck interception into three points. Then, with about eight minutes left in the game, Seattle draws that P.I., man, that damn P.I., and starts first and goal on the one-yard line. At this point, I, you know, I'm getting a little worried, but the Cowboys' D straight stuffs the run, shot out to Roy Williams, and D. Ware pushed the Seattle offense backwards on first down. I remember giving it up to the Cowboys' D at that time. I was hyped. And the Cowboys defense eventually stopped Seattle on fourth down and didn't give up a single point. Now, with over six and a half minutes left on the clock, the Cowboy offense took over deep in their own territory with a seven point lead. But here's where I feel the Cowboys really blew this game. Terry Glenn fumbles on first and 10 into the end zone on a wide receiver screen. What the hell were the Cowboys doing what were they thinking i hate getting cute when you're deep in your own territory man run the rock take care of the ball run some clock you had all the momentum at that time that defense just lit that offense up stuff them and you go getting cute and there we go terry glenn i'll never forget look it hurts to talk about it still seattle gets two points off of the safety and the ball and then what happens next why not Matt Hasselbeck throws a 37-yard touchdown. Shout out to Roy Williams again in coverage, but missed the two-point conversion. Shout out to D. Ware again. D. Ware was rushing Hasselbeck's ass on that play. But the bad news is, Cowboys gave up the ass, and the Cowboys now are down a point with Seattle now up 21-20. Then, with a little under four and a half minutes left in the ball game, the Cowboys once again take the field on offense and after a few Romo completions to Patrick Creighton and T.O. Julius Jones shout out to Julius Jones man he had some games you know he really did but uh he breaks a big 35 yard run off that classic single back draw play Romo used to just run run like clockwork so well and Julius Jones ends up on the 11 yard line in the red zone The game is getting exciting. My palms are sweating, straight sweating. My voice is all hoarse from shouting. And we are now just under two minutes in the ball game. And it's a big third and seven. Romo completes to Jason Witten for six and a half yards in triple coverage. And speaking of the Witten option, let me plug the third episode of Gridiron Fights on this podcast, Antonio Gates versus Jason Witten, where I talked a lot just about how lethal that what an option was when it was third and five it'll get you five but we needed seven and Witten only got a six and a half i remember him being gang tackled by lofa tatupu and that seattle defense now that completion was originally called a first down but since it was under two minutes it was a booth review and they went ahead made the change it was now fourth down setting up the play the play that breaks my heart and so what I'm going to do here is rewatch that play on YouTube, the play that breaks my heart. 
And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't got a visual for you, but just know I'm watching the play. And if you're on YouTube, I'll probably put the clip up alongside while I am watching that clip at the same time. So let's hit the clip on YouTube. The Cowboys are down 21 to 20 with 119 left in the ball game. Martin Gramatica is warming up. Holmgren is watching. The snap. The drop fumble. It slips. Oh, no. Hit him. Go, Romo. Go. Run, Romo. Run. No. We are down just short of the first down marker. Man, who's that? Jordan Babineau, right? I think it's Jordan Babineau, the, the safety. I think he was a safety. Man, catches Romo, trips him up. If Romo would have got just a, a half a yard more, he probably would have got the first down. He was short about a yard, maybe. And just look at the Seattle fans, man. They're so happy. So here's the replay. Romo drops the snap. Those K-balls. Those damn K-balls. Come on, Grammatica. Get the block. You know? And there's 27. Babino trips up Romo. He's a, he's a good yard shy right there. And uh, just fuck, man. This is just... This is the play that Romo detractors often point to to say, hey, look, look how Romo started his career as a choker. Blew it in the big games. And, you know, I'd always come to the defense of Tony Romo. I mean, he turned the team around. The team wouldn't have even been in this game if it wasn't for Tony Romo. They wouldn't even have been in the playoffs. Drew Bledsoe was getting them nowhere. He was getting sacked left and right. The offensive line looked terrible. And the offensive linemen started going to the Pro Bowls with Romo under center. But, you know, maybe if just if Romo would have took off a half a second earlier or was just a a little bit faster, it could have been a different story, not just on January 6, 2007, but for his career. It's like Romo constantly fell just short. But I still think, you know, Romo was a very underrated quarterback. I don't put the loss all on him. I really blame that Terry Glenn play for really blowing this game. But like I said, the detractors will always point to this. And and I'll never forget how heartbroken I was when the Cowboys lost this playoff game. I thought they had a shot to make the Super Bowl. The Chicago Bears ended up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl that season. And I know the Cowboys would have beat Rex Grossman and the Chicago Bears. I just feel it in my soul. So just disappointing. I remember, man, flipping over my chair. I remember my little brother was getting ready to head over to Universal City Walk with his buddies, have a few beers, and he's all, do you want to go? And I just felt so much pain in my living room all alone, just in disbelief. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I I don't want to go. I'm done, man. I can't take it. And I remember him taking off with his buddies. And about two minutes later, I, I made that call. I said, hey, you guys still in the area? You mind turning it around? I need a few drinks. And I remember going out to Universal City Walk, going to the local bars there, having a few drinks, and drowning my sorrows. Because on that fateful night of January 6th, 2007, I, Philip Enriquez, suffered through the most painful moment in my life as a sports fan painful so painful in fact i ended up having to buy me a new car that same week 2000 camaro ss 350 six speed t-tops all black all the ss sports packages slp yeah and, and it's still still 
did not fill the void in my heart that Tony Romo and that bobbled snap in the Dallas Cowboys left me on that fateful night.